to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the airwaves at 487.52. Your podcast is hosted by Megan and Kelsey, who are terrified they're going to lose the yacht. <laughs> That's a good one. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. It wasn't that good. You don't... <laughs> No, it was good. I didn't. I had no idea what you were gonna do. So, like, I was very impressed. It was a real mixed bag. Well, to I don't know. Spoiler alert: What we're gonna chat about today is the Crown episodes one through four only. And don't worry, darling. And don't worry, darling. And also the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. <laughs> and did you see Wakanda Forever? Uh, no. Okay, so we'll save that for another Yeah, I haven't had... I haven't been to a movie since probably September. I, like, have not had time. Yeah, that was... That was the only one I've been to for... For quite a while. But, um... Well, what do you want to start with? What's... Let's start with... What's pressing? Uh, let's start with Don't Worry Darling, because I was talking about it with someone else not that long ago. Um, All right. And, uh, I want to preface this, and I texted you this while I was watching it. That during the production of Don't Worry Darling, and also the movie My Policeman, I thought somehow they were the same film. (laughs) Because I hadn't read a lot about either one, but they were both, like, period pieces, like, in the 50s, etc., etc. And so, when all of the, like, batshit crazy stuff came out about Don't Worry Darling, I was like, I thought uh, King Arthur was also, or King Alfred was also in this. Oh, that yes. Was, right? And then I realized that they were not the same movie. <laughs> and you're, like, just watching, waiting, and you're like, where is he? Yeah, I was like, I'm very confused. I thought Harry Styles was supposed to be a policeman. Like, I had no idea what was going on. And then I was, and you're I was like, like oh. when? Where's the twist where he's a policeman? Where when, is it? These are two different movies. So, oh anyway. <laughs> once I got that sorted out, don't worry, darling, it was just fine to watch. Well... <laughs> He, maybe this is an assignment for us because My Policeman is on Amazon Prime. Oh, we should watch that. So we could watch it because I think they probably make one complete movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could be right. You could be right. Okay, so where where to begin? First of all, Florence Pugh, Forever and Ever, Amen. Oh my god, yeah. She, unreal. She absolutely carried it, first of all. Completely carried it. Completely carried it. Fantastic actress. You believe every single thing that she's going through 24-7. However. However. Where where to begin? Where to begin? It was, so, okay. I was talking with uh, someone else about it the night after I watched it, or maybe it was the same night that I watched it. And... Those, like, weird little flashbacks, right? Those little, like, cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you knew that something was coming. Like the montages? No, just, like, like her those visions? Little, yeah, her weird little visions. And then yes. when the, the trolley driver, tram driver, whatever, wouldn't go to the side of the crash. Yeah. I was like, huh. I was, in my head, I was like, what kind of Truman Show bullshit are we living in right now? That was, like, my first thought. Totally. Uh, and it turns out I wasn't that wrong. No, you're not that wrong. Here's I'm glad you brought that up immediately because here's my biggest question. Why was she shown the crash? Why why did the crash mm-hmm. happen? That's a great question. Because 
this is going to be mega spoilers, but I, you know what? I'm fine with that. It's been three months since the movie came out. <laughs> As everything we talk about is always a spoiler. A yes. Spoiler. <laughs> so it turns out she's without her consent in essentially an AI universe, VR universe. And this is my question. If they're trying, there's so many questions I have about this. This, the purpose of her being in this universe. But the first question is, why are they being so suspicious then? Mm -hmm. If this is totally programmed and run by Chris Pine and Gemma Chan, why is there anything even to be worried about? Right. Why are they creating these instances of like secrets? So it could be it, this, this universe they live in could be literally fucking anything. Mm -hmm. All these guys could be working at a goddamn accountant office. Like who, who fucking cares? Right. If all of they're doing is creating this universe that's supposed to be perfect in a utopia and all the different people in it have different reasons for being there but most of them are under full consent to be there it seems like mm -hmm. um why even have this side of it where you would almost allow yourself to be exposed of the falsity of it do you know what i mean yeah yeah that well yeah it's like yeah. Well, what that's are the why, tremors? What that's are... why I thought the, the Truman Show thing, in, in because it's the yes. same kind of thing, right? Where, like, as the Truman Show goes on, yeah. he's, like, the world starts to crumble. Yes. A little bit. And this is the same thing. And, th and I mean, that one was an actual constructed, like, real world. Whereas yes. this is, like, a VR thing mm -hmm. that doesn't have, like, it's, like, almost Matrixy mm -hmm. without the, like, Robots. existential <laughs> part of the matrix right like do you know what i mean well i guess yes and no but but i mean like the, the sort of like the existential in the way that like if they if they die they die sort of deal right like whereas this doesn't have to have those high stakes yes it doesn't have to for some reason it, it does, does but only partially which is super weird yeah, there was a lot, like, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was a bit slow. Um, but I enjoyed the tension and the mystery of it. I was disappointed when you get the flashback into, like, what her real job is. Mm -hmm. And her real life is. And her loser boyfriend, who's, I don't know, he just a seems loser. like a... Oh, well, he see he's a loser, and he also seems like to be some weird right wing. Whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what was really frustrating about that is that I felt like it didn't have the shock that I think it was supposed to have, because mm -hmm. we already fucking knew it was weird. You know, like, we already knew it was crumbling. We already knew it was a cult. I think what would have been more shocking if it was, like, a Soylent Greener People type situation. Not a VR universe, like, nothing is real around you. It just, right. it, 
especially because a lot of people were aware that they were already in it. So I, I don't know. It felt like it, it had less of a shock to me. I don't know how that twist played for you. Well, so, okay, I was the, I was looking up because I was curious to know what it was that I said. So it was the night that I had watched it. And um, the thought that I had as I was watching it, and I feel like I might have texted this to you as well, it felt like a really odd mix between Pleasantville and Midsummer. Yes. In this, and so, and the Pleasantville thing is what got me thinking, because, like, in that instance, uh, what's his face? Tobey Maguire? Is that who it is? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they know that they're in the TV show, mm-hmm. and nobody else does. Right. And so, like, we follow them as the people who know that they're in the show, whereas mm-hmm. in this, we follow her, and she doesn't know she's in a simulation mm-hmm. in any, like, real way until, you know, she has these flashbacks, and she kind of starts to piece things together and realize that things are a little bit weird and fucked up, but she still doesn't really know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that part I thought was really strange because like she's, there's no need for all of the drama at the end, ultimately, because like you said before, they don't have to go through this whole conceit of like this workplace and this project and like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. There's like, absolutely there's... no need for it unless they're like all right actually in it for yes. the work and they're not in it for the work. No. They're there to have like to have a laugh and pretend basically. Yeah. And it's it's really bizarre. And I say the boyfriend seems to be right wing because his like when we get to the whole telling of like what this is and how it came about. So Harry Styles' character was very depressed. He was couldn't find work, was really upset that his girlfriend, Florence Pugh, was a doctor who was working all the time. And so his solution was he got in with this Chris Pine, you know, all, <laughs> all men are alpha men type of philosophy, I think. Let's just call them what they are and call them incels. It's okay. Sure. And he creates this, you know, VR world, this technology. It's really fucked up. But so what Harry Styles does every day is he leaves the VR world and goes to work and then comes home. Florence Pugh is in it all the time. She's like hooked up to IVs and her eyes are open and is plugged into her brain, whatever the fuck. So he's out in the real world working and she's not. She's in this VR world. She's having a fucking mental crisis 24-7 and yet I was like, dude what is your, like he's like this is all for you. This is all to give you a better life. It's like, she didn't need that. No, she's the one who had the better life. She's the one who had it. She was working. Guaranteed, she, as a doctor, who looked like she was, like, a surgeon, was making way more fucking bank than whatever it is you're doing out nine to five every day. Yeah. And coming home to this utopia. It, like, his logic of, like, why he did it made zero fucking sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was, like... 
so mad and depressed about how he's just slaving away at this for her. It's like, literally, you guys didn't need two incomes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No like, kidding. what? You brought this whole thing upon yourself. But, like, co- this also makes, I think, in a way, it makes him feel useful. And that's, like, what he didn't like, I think. But he's also resentful about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I do this all for you. Like, we have to, like, follow all the rules. Like, he's so, he's so controlling of her, too. And it's Very. like, she's the one who's going to, like, put it all at risk. It's like, why don't you just fucking live in this world, then? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole, the, the that's the other thing, too. That was the other thing that I was talking about with someone else. Is like, it's weird that he has to, that he can't stay in it all the time, too. Like, what's the point? Yeah, it's like, that's what I mean. What's the point? Why is he going to work every day? Is it to pay for it? I mean... Like, is it, like, because it can't be free, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, can I just remember that Nick Kroll was in it, and I hated that. Yeah, me too. Hated that. I didn't know he was in it. As soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Also hated that Olivia Wilde was in it. Interesting. I was like, this would have been so much better with somebody like, hmm. Oh, I had such a good idea when it, like somebody like a Michelle Williams. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like a bit more demure, a bit more standoffish. Like there was something, there was something weird about how mm-hmm. like culty and into it Olivia Wilde and Nick Kroll were while also being like super normal super best friends with everyone all the time like mm-hmm. it was a very weird dynamic and obviously their story is like super super tragic of why they're there but I just felt like considering I guess this is hindsight, but considering, like, all the press that happened after the movie, she was an absolute distraction in it. Yes. But, I mean, I think that was, like... That's all hindsight, yeah. That's all hindsight, but also, like, I was talking with somebody about it, about how, like, the film itself is fine. There's nothing wrong with the film. No, the um, film's fine. But it it's got so solid much... seven. Yeah, like, yeah, it's in that seven, seven point five somewhere in there. It, but it got so much shitty press, mm-hmm. and a lot of the shitty press that it got... Part of it, anyway, was because of Harry Styles fans, like, giving it the shittiest reviews imaginable because they were mad about whatever they were mad about. Like, that's part of it. And all of this, like, internet dissection of, like, every little micro-interaction mm-hmm. of people. Like, it was very, very... It, it, it and unfortunately had, like, very, very poor press. I feel like there was some truth to the poor press, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, totally. Like, this, it definitely has flaws, but I don't think it deserved all the shit that it got, for sure. Um, the, yeah, the distraction of their relationship, I think, would have been way less if they would have just been like, yeah, we're in a relationship. Or if she hadn't been starring in it as well as directing it. Totally, but also, like... (laughs) Venice was a fucking disaster. Like, you guys have to stand six feet apart as if we don't know that you're together. Like, yeah. Yeah, just, like, lean into Chris it. Chris Pine is to sit between you at the theater. Like, you can just, like, you don't have to yeah. be children. Like, everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. You yeah. don't have I've... to be so bizarre yeah. about it, right? Yeah, it's true. 
It's true. Yeah, it was so it was interesting. Um, I thought like I re- like you said, it was very beautifully shot and like the costume, like all of that stuff, the production design was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all these mid century modern homes. Fuck oh, yes. So good. Fuck They're just yes. Incredible. They're like sunken kitchen table or the sunken like living room. I was like, oh god, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, like they were they were decadent in the best kind of way. And I don't love mid century modern architecture like at all. Um, but I thought this was beautifully, beautifully done. I thought it was so funny how they're like, oh, it's from the catalog. Like, cause obviously they all <laughs> have the same like pre-pro things that they can choose from in their customizations of their homes. Right. So it's like the simulation is how they justify that to pretend it's real. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't see this in the catalog. Yada, 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 yada. I thought that was so funny. Just like a very bizarre nod to like the 1950s when you can like order a house from a catalog yes yeah i thought that was good the and like Sears house <laughs> well and i thought too like the whole the idea that these women were just like you know they were meant to like basically live lives of leisure mm-hmm. and make sure that dinner was prepared like that was basically their entire existence mm-hmm. and it was very clear from the outset that like uh florence Pugh was not into that like no. her, character, her character did not love that and no. so like that's why she wanted to go and like see some stuff and figure out you know just like go for go around and see what's out or and about or whatever and like learning that there's places that she can't go and that's why she ends up seeing that crash which makes no fucking sense because no, as we not. find out there's literally nothing there so why why even have her see that like it's like they're creating this situation to force mm-hmm. her to investigate more. Like, yeah. I don't understand that whatsoever. However, the biggest twist for me was the death of Chris Pine. Me too. Yes, that was phenomenal. Wow. Because let's start off. He, I mean, there was something about him right from the start. And he plays that, like, smarmy mm-hmm. whatever so, so, so well. Smarmy, but, like, total control. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, he's not a used car salesman, but he pretends like he is. hmm But he played that so well, and it was very, very um, uncomfortable when he was, like, watching uh, Frank and Alice. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. And again, because obviously now knowing that it's a simulation, that kind of almost somehow makes it weirder. I don't know. But anyway... Yeah, let's talk about Chris Pine. Oh, God, where to start? The scene with him and Florence staring down each other at the kitchen table. Hooey. Hooey, 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 hooey. Those eyes just, Mm -hmm. like, staring fucking daggers with his, like, little smirk. I was like, bury me. Good Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, um, he was menacing, but in, like, a... I don't know what the right word is. Like, he very, very, you could tell right, like, right off the bat there's that he's very much in control. He's got that, like, he's got that expression, which we all know, but he used it to great effect in this particular. It's, like, very Jafar. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? 
I do know what you mean. When his, you mean when his eyebrows get all animated and weird and he gets like super scowly? Yes. Yes. I know what you mean. Very Jafar. Yeah. And, um, when like all this shit happens and Florence is like fleeing the town essentially to get back to reality, uh, whoa, there there goes gravity. Um, the, the, I don't... Is she a real person? I guess she must be. His his wife in the simulation. I think so. Yeah, I think she is. Kills him and says, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why does this... Why? <laughs> why did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, but I loved it. Because what I liked about that is it sort of suggested to me that this wasn't just Frank's, like, vanity project, that it was their vanity project. And, but also, I wondered if this was sort of, like, a comment on just, like, a transition to, like, women being in charge of things and, like, it's our fucking turn now. Because that was kind of the feeling that I got from it. Yeah, it, like, in terms of (laughs) Spike Lee, all text, no subtext, like, the literal death of the patriarchy. Mm Mm-hmm interesting yeah, that was kind of what i thought because you've got this like yeah I, I just think i mean for what you say what you want about olivia wilde like being in the film or whatever but like i do enjoy the vision that she creates when she's making directing movies. yeah me too um and i think she's very good mm-hmm. and i think that 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 little bit there was a bit of a statement totally totally it just seemed very bizarre because there's there's really no play for the audience to even expect that that's a possibility because his wife is just as bought in and as submissive as the rest of them or she so appears just, that way yeah but it just but we don't get felt, any indication that she's not no, yeah, no it felt very very left field mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed the final scenes where you don't see much except her just free and dancing and spinning and all of that in her apartment Mm -hmm. because i was like how is this gonna end is this gonna end like in the beginning of like a police procedural are they coming to kill her like it just felt like the tension was so high for her to get out and then i'm like are we gonna get a shot of her you know from bird's eye over top of the bed like we'd seen a few times with her eyes like fucking stuck open i'm miming it for some reason i'm peeling my own eyes open i don't know why and then she looks over and harry styles is fucking dead next to her because she killed him Mm -hmm. like what what is the end of this movie gonna be okay but that's the thing that makes no sense because why he's dead well no he can be dead that's fine but that's one of the things that made no sense um because it doesn't, like, she would have to, like, kill him in real life, according to the rules that are set up. No, she, I don't think so. But she's still alive. Like, if she dies there, then she she's doesn't dead. seem to be dead in the real world, though. Oh, yes. No, 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 to, no, no, no. Oh, that's yes. Not what I, that's not what I understood from that. No, I, I understood the opposite. That's why, like, I think, remember when the 
at the start, they don't talk about that other couple because their child legit died Mm -hmm. in the desert because the mom tried to leave with him. Right. I think that's legit. Like, if you die there, I think that would happen to Florence, too. No, but didn't... If she tried to slit her wrist, she'd fucking die. Yeah, but didn't What's-Her-Face do that and, like, not die? Oh, no. She's... She's dead. Like, the one Mm. who stabbed herself with the scissors or whatever on the roof? Oh, yeah, I guess she is. That's right. Yeah, she's for sure dead. They just, like, were trying to tell her, like, oh, no, she's fine. She's just in the hospital. We're taking care of her. She's, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you never fucking see them ever again. There's no way they're alive. Because, yeah, I just, like, the whole, like, I don't understand. But this is the thing, though. How is she going to get out of it? Because she's strapped to a bed. No, I know. That's what Like, in the real world. Like, she's, she, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, she's killed him, sure. But, like, she's strapped to a bed. And... He's dead. Well, I was just thinking she'd wake up and she'd fucking scream and scream and scream and scream and scream and scream until, like... But that's only if she gets out of there. Yeah. Because we don't actually know if she gets out. And I and that's one of the things that I like, is that you don't get that definitive ending. Well, she does, though. They show her. They show she her gets... dancing in her apartment. Yeah, but she... I, no, but all we hear at the very end is, like, remember when the screen goes, like, black? She's just gasping. But, like, to me, that just is sort of, like, she makes it to the headquarters and she gets to the window and then Frank's men get to her, right? Oh, no, I think she gets out. And then it just, like, cuts. No, I think she gets out. But we don't see that, so, like, we don't actually know. This is one of those things. It's like a Walking Dead Yes, you thing. do. Like, you see her happen, dancing in her apartment afterwards. Is that after, or is that what she's, that's after. like, imagining? No, that's after. Because I thought it was before. No, it's it's after. I'm going to look at the wiki page right now. I'm looking at the wiki page, and that's not what it says. It doesn't oh. say anything about her dancing in her apartment. But, like, she gets it to headquarters, and then I know when it cuts to black, all you hear is her gasping. And, like, the ambiguity, I think, is, like, what it needs to be. Because, oh, no, like, I think she for sure got point. out. That's not how I read it at all. That's bizarre, hey? How did we get two completely different readings from that? Maybe that's the point. Yeah. True. But, like, I thought I thought that the film, like, yeah, I thought the film was, like, really, really, like, well done and well made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it was, like, in California in that, like, mid-century sort of... In that mid-century, like, neighborhood. Because I think mm-hmm. that that was the perfect kind of... I think that was the perfect kind of backdrop for the sort of story that they were telling. Totally. Because it doesn't work in many other contexts because that is sort of that, like, idyllic life, right? That sort of ideal, like, you know, white picket fence. Yeah, and it's, like, it's so... Yeah, it's so predictable. It's so static that you can layer in subversion kind of wherever you want. Yeah. Because everyone can so easily picture and immerse themselves in that vision. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I'm just, I just, I looked on Google. I was like, does Alice get out? And it says, we did not see her waking up in the real world, but we heard her. That's all it says. But she's not actually dancing in the real world. Those, That's I think, were. Shit. I think those were memories. That's what I think that was. 
Yeah, I disagree, but okay. We'll move and, on. And then, on, it's interesting, though, here's what's really interesting. Uh, one of the, like, other results in that was, does her family know what's happening in Don't Worry Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Great like, how question. long has this been going on, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I have no idea. Because there's no real indication. It's just that it's been that way for a while. And so that's the question, is Harry Styles' character, like, is he texting her family on her phone? Like, mm-hmm. did he resign from her job for her? Like, is she mm-hmm. missing? Are they missing? Like, it can't be because he interacts with the real world. That's what really bugged me is, like, I I wish there was more of that nitty-gritty detail mm-hmm. so that we could be like, oh, okay, we, we understand this character's motivations more or we understand the the motivations of this organization more because we know what the logistics are that keep it all together yes yes Ooh. yeah but it's yeah. uh well and it's funny too because there was that bit where she finally when she starts to put the pieces together when she realizes that everybody like kind of met the same way and they're yeah. from like the same like two or three places or whatever um, which you would think, like, you would want a little bit more variation in your stories, maybe, perhaps, mm-hmm. just to, like, just to keep the illusion going. hmm Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, like, why... Unless way more people there are coerced or not consenting to be there, there's no reason to have those backstories at all. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to have this fake secret project at all you could just live in a vr utopia that's fine yeah yeah Yeah. it's very it's very bizarre and it seemed like the last couple who moved in the suit like they look super super young it looked like she was very aware as to what it was so that's why i was like is florence the only one who doesn't fucking know like this is this is bizarre well, I mean, I mean, but like Olivia Wilde's character knows, obviously, because they've made the choice yeah. to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Frank's wife knows because, mm-hmm. because, right? So, like, there, and there's only a, a couple other women, so, who are, like, in this little neighborhood. Which, again, it is weird, because, like, how come they don't interact with anybody else? Totally. Like, how would you, how would that not be a weird thing to, like, yeah. How would that not be a weird thing to ask? Yeah. It, yeah. There was a lot of, like those little nitty-gritty logisticals that I think mm-hmm. in comparison like Truman Show and Pleasantville filled those gaps even though those gaps were either silly or bullshit they still like attempted to fill like bullshit in terms of like the character's logic within yes. that world Um, They still attempted to give those answers and those reasons, right? Like, oh, no, bus engine broke down or whatever the fuck. You know, like, all those different layers are in there. Even though we know they're bullshit and even though Truman is starting to think they're bullshit. And in uh, Pleasantville, like, they've got... Their mind just skips over them, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they're like, oh, I don't know. We, our basketball team always wins and our, yeah, our fire fighters only rescue cats from trees. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like their mind just like skips over it. Yeah. But yeah, they would have, 
at least they attempted to show you the reasoning behind why those questions aren't being asked. Yeah, whereas I feel like this this misses a little bit. It yeah. almost is too nuanced, and then yeah. the that extra nuance obscures some things that you probably should have known. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked a long time for a movie I saw three months ago, Megan. This is I know, pretty I, good. I watched it like a month and a half ago. Well, maybe maybe like a month ago. It was like just before, it was during my fall break, I think, is when I watched it. Finally. Um, and yeah, there were things that like I don't remember happening, but anyway, it's fine. Because <laughs> I fine. Like, didn't take any notes other than like the, the Pleasantville Midsummer combo. combo. Yeah. I think the thing that's different, though, with, like, Truman Show and Pleasantville is that we, as the audience in those ones, are, or, or the Matrix or whatever, like, we are set up to know right away that this is not real. Yes, true. Whereas this one, we're not set up right away. No, but I think there's... There's... There's enough of a perspective focus like you're really living it through Florence right so obviously you know that the glass windows aren't crushing her into the wall right and she even knows that they're not so like yes. I think immediately once you see all fucking eight of those cars back up simultaneously and leave their driveways and then drive into a fucking mountain like yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But it said that it's like that first. It reminds it reminds me of Inception when um, what's his face Leonardo DiCaprio is taking um, Elliot Page like through the, the dream. dream, yeah, and and then asks like, "Do you remember how you got here?" Mm-hmm. And they can't, right? Because you don't have that ability to like. Because you always just like jump into a dream in the middle. You can never remember. Mm-hmm. like the beginning and that's kind of what it felt like is where we, when the the film starts is like she's been there long enough that she's comfortable and like knows people and is settled yeah they're having a party yeah. yeah and then there's weird things kind of start to happen that if they're just little isolated incidents probably don't even register it's like the basketball team winning every game yeah but it's like all these little things together and then all of a sudden you're like and here's this here's this situation Interesting movie, though. Very interesting. I can't wait to see what she decides to make next. Hopefully with yeah, less controversy. Totally. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, you know. Um, okay. Now the crown. Sure. We're never going to get to that Lindsay Lohan movie, though. Oh, let's talk about the Lindsay Lohan movie then <laughs> instead. Because that was, like, kind of fun and I enjoyed it. Oh, my God. I was laughing hysterically. Hysterically, Megan. We just watched it last night. Okay. And it's so stupid. It tries to be every single Christmas movie that's ever been. It's got dead moms. It's got... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got amnesia. It's got real Santa magic in it. That... Yeah. That, like, blew me away. And then it's also got, like, insane physical comedy. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, like, It's a Wonderful Life, too, mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. 
I failed to see the problem with any noise. It's not good, but it's very entertaining. It's not good. It's as it was explained to me, it's the Citizen Kane of Christmas movies. Um, okay, well, uh, let's start. <laughs> I know what we're going to call this episode. I'm just going to write this down so I don't forget in an hour. Oh my god, if I had the time and the energy, I would go through and see what our, like, percentage is for each of us as naming the episode during the episode. Oh, it's, I would say it's probably 40% easily. Oh, it's, and then sometimes we name it and then we forget. That. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I think if we add them all in, it's probably like 65, but there are so many times where we're like, oh, we should call it that, and then we just don't because we've completely forgotten. <laughs> Except for a horse named Feckless Cunt. Yes, because that was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the Citizen Kane of Christmas movies. Okay, um, so here's, it's we should, in case anyone's wondering, it's called Falling for Christmas. You know what's um, so funny is I had no fucking clue what the title was. <laughs> <laughs> what so, does that yeah, tell you? Yeah, it's a, a Netflix Netflix movie. You can watch it uh, anytime. Um, it's really good if you watch it at like one and a half speed with subtitles because then it doesn't drag on as long. Um, it's barely 90 minutes, too. No, like I know. It's, okay, it's a it triumphant is... return for Lindsay Lohan, though. You know what? She's, she's fine. You know, like, here's the thing. There is... As a person who watches lots of Christmas movies, um, there is a hierarchy of Christmas movie. Right? Explain. So, okay. So, like, the Hallmark ones are at the bottom tier. Because... Sure. Well, no, they are. Because, like, you're, they're very predictable. It's the same, like, 19 people in all of the movies. Like, they just, like, circle through and it's like, oh, this guy is the main character in this one and the next one he's the main character's brother. And then he's, like, the neighbor. You know, like, it's just the same people over and over again. There's always some really dumb premise about, like, a Christmas festival or some kind of something very stupid. Like, there was one I was watching the other day and this woman was, like, auditioning to be part of a symphony orchestra as a violin player on, like, December 23rd. I was like, that would, A, never happen. And, B, you could not <laughs> make that audition by playing fucking Carol of the Bells. I'm sorry, but no. On like, the violin? On the violin. Yes. Like, it was, I was just like, oh, this is so stupid. Anyway, like, this, the, even some of them are too dumb even for me. But, so they're at the bottom, because, like, you know how they're going to end. It's the same people in them. Oftentimes, it's definitely summertime when they filmed it, so it's, like, bright, sunny, fake snow outside, you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But, like, at the end of it all, what you're looking for is a happy ending, right? Where there's no, mm-hmm. the stakes are pretty low, it's pretty low stress, you don't have to invest a lot of, like, time and attention into them. So those are at the bottom. Then you've got the, like, Netflix-made ones that are, like very specific with like not super famous people in them not like the Roblo one from a couple years ago or like this one or whatever there's like the other ones that are like people that are recognizable but aren't like super famous oh like the Vanessa Hudgen one or whatever yeah 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 they're in that one yes yeah yeah or like so there there's those and they're fine and they have a little bit more like flexibility to like do different stuff and have they have better budgets they have like different people in them Mm -hmm. than what you see on the Hallmark channels Um, but it's the same kind of thing. The stakes are pretty low. Uh, there's no, you know, you don't have to like invest too much, but often in those, there's like an original soundtrack of some kind or like a song or two that's like original because Netflix has a budget. And then you get like this film 
and a couple other ones that are kind of in that tier. And then you get like the real Christmas movies, right? Like the elf and whatever of the world. Right. So this is like a tier two Christmas movie. Okay. I, I would say. And it's a Does pretty it, good one. It's pretty good. Does it make it tier two because it's incredibly self-aware? Yes. Like it knows, it knows all the tropes and it. And it plays to them. It yes. plays to them and it feeds into them and yes. all of that. That makes it tier two. Whereas yeah. if it was a bit more. Uh, sensible is not the word that I'm looking for, but. Um, Realistic? Not realistic either, but, like, um, sincere. Yeah. Then it, it moves it up towards to tier, tier one. tier one. Right? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, if we're looking at Christmas movies in those tiers, like, Arthur Christmas, tier one Christmas movie. Phenomenal. Right. Film. Home Alone, tier one. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even on even on a rewatch 30 years later, right? Like, still tier one Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, yeah, it doesn't, it is a little bit too self-aware mm-hmm. to be tier one because it's like it's not sincere in the way that some of those other films can be but it is good like it was entertaining i enjoyed it yeah i like there were multiple times where i laughed out loud because it was just so absurd Mm -hmm. i couldn't fucking believe it i thought the guy who played tad was incredible he really was he might have been the best part of that movie (laughs) I think he was. Everything he did and said was just a fucking riot. His whole interaction with Ralph the Poacher was an utter Mm -hmm. delight. Do you know what that made me think of? That made me think of Frozen when What's-His-Face shows up in the, uh, or when she, when, when she shows up in, like, the shop. Oh, yoo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. (laughs) Totally. When, like, the winter section is, like, there's, like, four things because, you know, they're normally a summer shop. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought I thought he was, yes, I thought he was very, very good. I thought he was very entertaining. So funny. Crushed it top to bottom. And I thought it was so funny how <laughs> the lodge was, like, in the family for three generations and I was like okay you've got a very strong Hispanic accented grandmother who have Mm -hmm. owned this lodge for 80 years Mm -hmm. in Colorado like Mm -hmm. what is going on I mean there are lots of Hispanic people in Colorado but yes I agree like that felt like a weird that felt like a weird like it's like they were trying Plot to be point. like, we're a diverse movie. Her yes. love interest is Asian. And his wife was Hispanic. And it's like, oh, and the mayor's black. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like yeah. it was so disingenuous. I was like, okay, that's fine. But it's a bit too overt. Where it's like, that's what I mean about, like, what made me laugh. It's like, okay, this is clearly a nod at you could like check off the other christmas movies that they were referencing in your brain and they also reference fucking ace ventura with we've landed on the moon Mm -hmm. (laughs) chris looked at me and he was like or no not ace ventura dumb and dumber he looked at me and was like dumb and dumber i was like i know well the, the i think honestly the dumbest thing about this movie is the fact that her name is sierra and then her like amnesia name is sarah 
Mm-hmm. Like, that was very dumb. I was just like, could we not have picked a different name? That was like, so it- dumb. Did you also think when the girl gave her the name that it was going to be her dead mom's name? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. That's what I thought it was going to be. It's like, well, you like, be my oh, mom. No, and that's Carla. That turns oh, into no. a Christmas horror movie, see? So, like. <laughs> oh, my God. Little girl serial killer of moms. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And so, it's yeah, so, like, got... shocking that she regains her memory so quickly. Like, the whole thing is very dumb. So dumb. And, like, in terms of the tropes, you've got you know, a spoiled daughter doesn't care for winter. You've got, like, disconnected dad. You've got dead mom. You've got... Two dead moms. Two dead moms. You've got insufferable boyfriend that nobody likes and Mm -hmm. superficial relationship. Mm -hmm. You've got down-on-his-luck widower, gives everything for the community, takes nothing for himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you've also got a goddamn, like, amnesia storyline. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Like, if a kid wrote a story with all of those <laughs> things in it, we would look at it and we would edit. We would, like, read through it and give some feedback and be like, there are too many things happening in here. You need to pick two of them. Yes, I was just going to say pick two. Pick two. <laughs> Like, I was holding my fingers out, and I think I was at eight or nine of, like, different, yeah. ho- like, holiday tropes. Well, oh, the also- other, the extra trope that you missed is that not only is the boyfriend insufferable, boyfriend slash fiance insufferable, but it's quite clear that, like, she doesn't also like him all that much either. Yeah, and he doesn't really like her. Yeah. It's just very convenient for both of them to be together. Totally, totally. And then also... One family super obsessed with Christmas loves Christmas in a Christmas town that fucking loves Christmas and Christmas is their whole identity. Yes. Versus, you know, super consumerist, rich, doesn't have a job, doesn't want a job, doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like there's so there's so many of these layers that I was just like every time you're in a scene, it's like they're trying to do both of them at once, and I felt like fucking whiplash. <laughs> Oh no, I've come up with a plan to save the town. But I also found your dead wife's favorite angel to put on the tree. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yes. Like that would be in the same scene together. It was just like, oh my God, you guys. Yes. Yes, that is absolutely fair. But it was Um, also overboard at the same time. Yeah, with the amnesia stuff, yes. With the amnesia and, stuff, the, like, silly stuff, doesn't know how to, like, make a bed, doesn't know how to blah, 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 run a dishwasher, or run a washing machine. Like, it was all those stupid things. Because you can have an amnesia story and have it be the opposite, where they're like, oh, I'm super good at this. You know? Yeah, shocking. Shocking. Isn't this weird? Isn't this weird? Yeah. And that's so, like, not the case in this. It's, yeah, it was just, it was totally overboard which i have not seen in approximately 35 years but would love to see it again just to see if i'm correct (laughs) back in the day when i was still living with my parents and it was like approximately you know 1992 (laughs) like somewhere in there my parents had tbs it was part of their like yes i was just gonna say yeah and it was on tbs i would say conservatively probably all um, the time 
I think it was on TBS, I would say every 10 days, like minimum. Totally. totally. But it would also be on on a weekend and it would be on like, it would be on like every six hours, right? It'd be like a two hour time slot and overboard and then two other movies and then overboard again. And then like, yes, and it would just play all the time. All the time. Yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, um, as far as Christmas movies go, actually, uh, one of my Twitter pals, she watches lots of uh, Christmas movies and she ranks them as she watches them. Mm-hmm. Um, and her list as it stands right now, and these are, I think, movies that are, like, not necessarily, I don't think they're all new. No, they're not all new, but it's, like, just the ones that she's watched. Mm-hmm. Um, Falling for Christmas falls at number seven on her list so far, and she's got 14 on her list. And what's above and what's below? So, the top one is Let It Snow, also a Netflix movie, also entertaining. Uh, Christmas Inheritance, Netflix, not bad. Single All the Way, watched it, did not love it. Love at the Christmas Table, haven't watched that one. It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie, sure. Uh, Frozen in Love, I don't think I've watched that one. The Spirit of Christmas is the one that if you search for Hot Christmas Ghost, that's what comes up. (laughs) No! The the Hot Christmas Ghost is very hot, so like... It's fair, but it's really funny because I couldn't remember what it was called. And then I legitimately searched hot Christmas ghost and the picture of the dude came up and I clicked on it and I was like, ah, the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> hot Chris. I'm doing it right now. Hot Christmas ghost. I'm not spelling any of these words. Oh my God. The spirit of Christmas. Yep. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> I am not wrong. First result. <laughs> I spelled it hot Christmas gashed. <laughs> And it still got me there. And it still got you there. And he's not unattractive. Just saying. Who is this guy? Thomason Bedouin. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that's from like 20... It's funny because I just typed Hot Christmas Ghost as well. And she goes to the Spirit of Christmas on IMDb. The images. And then it says uh, the ghost. The next one is from like Life and Style Mag. And it's the ghost in the Spirit of Christmas Lifetime movie is hot as fuck. Which is why it's better than the Hallmark ones. Lifetime movies, there's like more. He takes his shirt off Hallmark movies. That never happens. Right. They're very But then the the next one is drop everything and watch this Christmas movie about a hot horny ghost immediately. Oh my god! I need to watch anyway, this movie. Where it's is pretty it? Enter- it's pretty entertaining. I I enjoy it. Um, I've I've watched it uh, more than once. Uh, then she got. <laughs> is it on a I don't know. service? I don't know if it is or not. Um, mm. Then she's got Christmas with you, Bad Mom's Christmas, The Twelve Pups of Christmas, Christmas Wedding Date, Merry Friggin' Christmas, and at the bottom, The Noel Diary, which I would agree was not nearly as good as it should have been. Oh, gotcha. Hmm. It was disappointing. But uh, anyway, so Falling for Christmas right now, solid middle. Solid, yeah. I'd say solid middle of the boat. I still think that it was... Did I cry in it? Of course I did. (laughs) Of course I did. Did I laugh? Many a time. Mostly when Tad was on screen. Yeah, he's very funny. He's so funny. And... The thing is, here's the thing, and this may be skewing my <laughs> my review. We've got a Chinook right now, or okay. a mild Chinook, and I get the worst pressure migraines when they come in, or when we get, like, these wild temperature changes in Calgary. And when we were trying to select a movie to watch last night, I could not see out of my right eye. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what? Oh. <laughs> Maybe take all of this with a grain of salt, but I thought this movie was fucking hysterical. <laughs> From what I saw, it was worth watching. Okay, yeah. And you know what? It was. It was entertaining enough. It was fine. And the thing was, too, it was predictable, but not in, like, the garbagey Hallmark way, right? Like, there mm-hmm. was there was some actual other stuff that happened. And, like, yeah. you know, her absentee father was, like, mildly concerned about her. You know? Things like that. Absolutely. I actually was quite surprised about how much I liked the dad. But, and I think, like, when you say, like, there's more surprises than you expect it's because of (laughs) how i mentioned that there's three different tropes in each scene so they just like you're on whiplash from reaction to reaction it's a roller coaster up down up down up down up down up down there's no huge ups and there's no huge downs it's a very very (laughs) bumpy ride my husband would be throwing up on this ride with how much it's up and down and up and down yes it's like turbulence on a plane agreed anyway crown uh yeah let's talk about the crown uh speaking of also turbulent but in very different ways i suppose um the show is very bleak yeah we were just chatting about that beforehand i had forgotten that how depressing it is and, and even like and and it's everything it's in the production design it's in like everything is so bleak like it, it feels to me watching this newest season and we've only watched the first four episodes but watching this new season it feels like i'm watching a 1980s like newscast yeah and i think that's the tricky that's the tricky thing like because it's always very gauzy right like yes the the first two seasons, we were chatting about this before, I felt like they were not necessarily more uplifting or hopeful, but you were more dialed in and more sympathetic to what Elizabeth was going through at the time. Like, you have the tragedy of her father dying, you have, like, her wedding and the preparations and, like, all those challenges you see through her lens, mm-hmm. and then you also get a little bit of Philip's lens too and you like see what he went through as a child and like you're a bit more dialed in and sympathetic to them and then as they move more to the modern age you're like fuck all of these people Mm -hmm. they suck so much they suck so much I was like I was appalled could not believe it when Margaret actually confronted her about all the Peter stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that she actually did it and how Elizabeth still at that moment would not take any criticism of the part that she played or any ownership of the part that she played of like truly robbing Margaret of happiness. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, even after all those years what, like 35 years she had said or something like that? Yeah, like, isn't this time to just, like, admit it, at least? Yes. Absolutely. Or at least come to terms with maybe how naive you were at that moment. But Elizabeth is, like, even at this stage in the show, she's so entrenched in the institution. 
that it like I think it's really frustrating for everyone around her because they say like oh the queen the queen the crown the crown the crown but like Elizabeth takes like no actions herself to wield any influence that she may have she like sits underneath it and inside of it but isn't mm-hmm. the one actually like you know moving the arms and moving the limbs it's a very bizarre perspective for this season well it is and it's interesting too because now that we're watching it now that the queen has died yes in real life obviously we're not caught up in the show um and this is i think the last season of the show is it not i think that they are not moving on moving oh, I thought they this. had two I thought it, I thought it was just five. It could be six. I but I thought I had read it was they were stopping after five. I'll let you know. Um, Keep talking. I think now that the queen has passed, what I find really interesting is some of the criticisms. Like John Oliver did a thing on the monarchy about a month ago, uh, and talking about some of the things that were done in her name that maybe she didn't necessarily like a hundred percent sign off on, but right. like she's the figurehead. She's the head of state. She's the the symbol of the institution and of the nation. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, a lot of it feels the same way, right? Like, that there's so many things that she knew about. That were, that she was, like, passive about and allowed to happen. Yeah, it's the yes. sixth and final season next year. Okay, yeah, I had read originally that after four that they were just going to do one more. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And then I remember they said that he had enough storylines to make, like, okay. a full season. Because, yeah, I think that was the concern. was to, They didn't want to just do, like, something half. And so they were going to finish yeah. after five initially. Um, and I think part of it is they didn't want to, like, get too close to the modern day. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so now knowing that, that she's passed, and, like, how many things have happened, this looks, this look reads a little bit differently almost. It does. Because it, it does. takes some of the sheen off, I think. Kind of, but a little bit of... It feels, it feels more like characters because it's not like it's her and Philip as well, right? So like, you. They feel more like characters rather than real people that you're like trying to give the benefit of the doubt to. And in I think in terms of the, the story's perspective, or at least in the first few seasons, it felt like that was what the show's slant was. Like, it's trying to be sympathetic. It's trying to show these people trying to, like, exist in an impossible system. And you feel for them at times. But in this... Oh, God, the children are just awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so It's so hard to comprehend how awful the children are. And I was... I'm curious what you were expecting in terms of the Diana storylines because there definitely is a idolization of Diana that the show represents um, or not represents but um, <sighs> demonstrates especially mm-hmm. last season when they go to Australia and you see Charles's jealousy of that and all of his insecurity because she's so beloved and obviously 25 years after her passing there still is a lot of idealizing of her as a person who struggled within this system and broke free and like was tragically taken you know and her sons grew up without her and they struggled blah blah blah, blah. 
but even I was just like really, really having a hard time sympathizing with her this season, even through four episodes, in which she's barely in two of them. Yes. Which I was quite surprised by. Like, Peter Morgan's pen is quite acidic this season. Yes, it it really is. And I, and I think, too, I think that there's something about that, that, like, she was definitely painted in, in so many ways as, like, the people's princess in that, like... But, I mean, she's, I think she's a deeply flawed person as well. Oh, 100%. And I think that, of course, we don't get to see those flaws until they get exposed later on. Mm-hmm. Right? One of the things that I found interesting, which I didn't really know, was how, like, how much, how early, comparatively, she had met um, Muhammad al-Fayed. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really know that. Because, like, I was still, like, quite young when, I mean, I was only 14 when she died. Right? And, like... So I had no idea that they they had, like, had as long of a relationship as they had that she'd known him and presumably Dodie for, like, that long. Yeah. Well, I I think the last... No. Her... Annis Horribilis, that's 92, right? Yeah. So potentially five years Mm -hmm. previous to that. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. But I think that was very interesting, too, for them to plant that this early, because I did not expect it in this season at all, knowing, like, as I did, that that season six was coming. So I was quite surprised that they planted it this early. And I did not expect to see, like, Claire Foy again, Vanessa again, mm-hmm. like, um... Edward again was in this one, and I really quite enjoyed that. And even seeing um, the Harry and Meghan documentary that I was telling you about that I started watching last night, um, I was telling you I was getting major whiplash from it, but the they show a lot of footage of the Queen, like real footage on Harry and Meghan when she was like quite young, mm-hmm. and it just shows you how fucking incredible Claire Foy was in the first two seasons. Like, she nailed it top to bottom of how how true her depiction of the young queen was. I was so impressed with that. But it was such a breath of fresh to see them just kind of like in some of it was like um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. not flashback but just like montage yeah. of stuff we've seen them in before whereas like Claire Ford that was a new scene her naming Britannia was it not like that wasn't in the earlier seasons they brought no, her I, I'm pretty. no I'm pretty sure they brought her back for that yeah I'm pretty sure I read that yeah it was like such a delight it really added to the show I thought well yeah and it's it's nice I think with the, the internally with the, with what they're doing this season too, I think it's nice to have some of those like flashbacks and mm-hmm. or some of those montages or whatever like from the past to remind us too. Yeah, that there's like this story arc. Um, I was talking. It's funny though. Talking to Reva, she's almost done watching this season, and she had a really hard time with uh, Professor Umbridge being the queen. Oh, Megan, it's so hard. I don't have the feelings about her that other, like, people who liked Harry Potter 
do. So like, to me, it's not a big deal, but I totally get how that would be a challenge. It's really a challenge. And the only, I didn't think it would be a problem for me until she was talking to John Majors and she was like, the boat is me. And I was like, and she like had this edge to her Mm -hmm. that you really don't see, especially in Olivia Coleman's portrayal. Like you really don't see that hardness. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it's happening again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I find that it's, for me, it's getting less so over time, especially if I watch them back to back, it doesn't. It doesn't bug me enough as that first episode did. Can we talk about that first episode, though? Because they introduced Johnny Lee Miller as, um, what's his name, John Majors? Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister at the time? Yeah, John Major, which was an absolute, it took me, I had to pause, Kelsey, I had to pause the show. Me and, too. like, collect myself. Because in what fucking world do we live in that he's old enough to, like, convincingly enough play the Prime Minister of Britain? I like, thought I don't... it was so funny. When he showed up, it, like, jarred me. Yes. I was like, he's not supposed to be that. Yeah. I thought he did a good job, though, with what... With with who he had to contend with, especially in those scenes with Charles, who's just a fucking pompous prick. Mm-hmm. Who's just trying to manipulate him, and he just gives him nothing in return. I thought he was brilliant. But I thought it was so funny, like for the visit in Scotland and Charles is talking to him and trying to convince him that maybe my mom should abdicate and the polls say mm-hmm. that you know that Britons want to see a younger fresher more modern thing and then you've got Elizabeth inviting him to this ball that's been in place since Victoria yada 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 and it's like it's so hitting you over the head with like what this PM has to contend with and he's just like he's so uptight and he's so together and then you see him talking to his wife and he's just like what the fuck am I supposed to do with all of this like I was half expecting him to be like okay we just need to have a group therapy session like he he felt like (laughs) He felt like such a reserved therapist of that time who would be like, and how do you feel? And how does that make mm-hmm. you feel? Like, can you imagine how that family would have been different if someone did that to them? Oh, or if like, or if somebody had like at some point in time showed some actual like affection totally. within the family, like actual, like genuine affection. And yeah. that's the thing that I think we see bits of with this portrayal of Diana, especially mm. with the kids. Yes. Oh, like, it's heartbreaking. It's, it is. It's so heartbreaking. And she's very, like, obviously there's there's lots of love and care and, and affection there, but that's it. Like, that, it doesn't exist anywhere else. Totally. Well, in episode four, um, after the queen gives her speech where she thanks, you know, her family, and she says that reference to Margaret, my son and my moon... Or my son and my wind? Mm-hmm. Something. Whatever Margaret says, she, she like, inserts that as something, a reference that only Margaret will know. And Margaret says, you know, I do love you. And she says, how very common of us. Or mm-hmm. how very middle class. And I was like, oh, my God. I know. You think love is, like, middle class? I know. 
I know. But when you think about it, right? Yikes. Like, yeah, but think, but think about the sort of... Think about it. Think about all of the times, even in the show, right? Where there's been, like, people actually in love. Yes. And how often they have ended up with those people. Totally. But I thought for Margaret to say that when Margaret is the one who has most of that taken from her, mm-hmm. for her to say that it's a lower class thing is really, really bizarre. Because she wanted it the whole time. And she well, yeah, lived it she and did, she yeah. knows it. For her to say that it only exists for those people is is bizarre but oh my god that shook me to my very core as my father would say mm-hmm. couldn't believe that and then also heartbreaking when diana thanks harry and william for standing up for her to their father i was like yes. oh, children should never be put in this position no no to have to stand up for an adult and charles was such a fucking pompous prick talking over the historian on the like archaeological tours they went on i was like i can't fucking stand you he's the worst well and even when he was like when they were you know on their holiday or whatever and he was mad that like she wanted to do something other than be on the on the boat yeah like just who cares like just it doesn't matter just let her let her go do the thing like what difference does it make then you can have your you know yeah, he and who every time every every iteration of Charles on the show has been perfect. Yes, perfect. And perfectly cast. So awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it just it blows my mind, and I really think that the cast is crushing it. I know you didn't really like Johnny Lee Miller as. No, it's not that I didn't like him, but I was just like, he's too young. He's too young, but also he's not it. Like to me, I was just like, mm, I don't, I don't feel this one. I'm not buying this one. It just there's something about it that just didn't sit right with me. Interesting. I I feel that way about the new Anne. Okay. Like, there's something too, still too youthful about her, which is bizarre. Um, yeah. Where weird. I was like, when they showed her because they have this weird thing that they do in these transition seasons where they have characters interacting and no one says each other's names and I'm like Mm -hmm. is this a new Margaret is this a new Anne like Mm -hmm. and they said oh the princess is coming I was like well Margaret's also technically a princess like who is this character yeah I had that confusion as well I wasn't sure so I was just like what is going on but um yeah the Anne thing I don't really Andrew, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect and terrible. Like, I don't know. He's, uh... Sucking her toes, mummy. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. No, I know. No, I know. Just back to the Johnny Lee Miller thing. The reason that I can't... <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna say it and then you start, but I was like, no, the pro- the reason that I have the issue with it is because in my head, he's either, like, in Hackers or in train spotting, And, like... Mm-hmm. I know he's done other stuff. I'm not. I'm not so an idiot that's, here. His roles are too visible for you. Yeah, the, but in my mind, when I see him, I'm like, yeah, it's train spotting or hackers. Like, there's no. That's how. That's my point of reference for him. And so to see him as like the prime minister, 
no. is a bit bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit of a, of a reach for me, yes. I'm interested to see, like, moving forward, because we've only watched the four episodes, I'm interested to see how they use him some more. Mm-hmm. Um, how, because in this previous episode, they go through a lot. Like, you hear about Andrew and Fergie's, like, pending divorce. Which he is, like, very cold about. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear about Anne wanting to marry this new guy, Tim, after she just divorced. You hear the impending request for separation for Charles and Diana. And then you've got the fire at the palace. And it felt like, did it feel like to you in that episode that a lot of that was just, like, scooted by? A little, yeah, it felt very rushed. It felt, yes. It, because it, it felt like they were trying to do a lot in that, 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 in that particular episode. Because that episode is also all about Margaret and Peter. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily reconciling, but, like, having a teensy bit of closure. And then, like, the end of that episode is, like, dedicated to him. And, like, says his death in 95 or whatever. Which I thought was also really bizarre. I don't know why. Um, the It felt like that episode was supposed to be about the Queen and Margaret coming to some sort of understanding, at least, or acceptance of mistakes mm-hmm. they've both made in the past. But then all that other shit was just, like, crammed in there, too. Yeah, that was a really weird mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, yeah, it just there was just lots going on, like too many things. Too many things. Yeah, there's too many things happening there, and like, yeah, I thought, yeah, like it, it did the the way that four started. You felt like it was going to be more about Margaret, and then it wasn't because there was all this other stuff. And I guess they're trying to do their best to like sort of tell the story. As it happens, except that in the episode before, it was all just about Muhammad Al-Fayed. So, like... And it was, like, over decades, right? So, it was, yeah. like, what... I don't understand this, like, adherence to a timeline. Because, like, I have no idea if the events that happened with the Fayeds were supposed to be mm-hmm. pre the palace fire. Because that's kind of, like, the last event before she has her, like, 40th... Is all of that supposed to take place before her 40th anniversary of her time on the throne? Mm-hmm. I assume so. I think so too, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, right? So it seemed like it seemed really weird to have an episode that's so attached to time right after one that spanned decades. Yes. And was a totally different perspective shift and introduced totally new characters. Like it was really bizarre. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an odd. It was an odd, oddly paced. I think. Yeah. In that particular one, um, but yeah, like it's been. I mean, I think that uh, casting generally is good. I think like Elizabeth Debicki is phenomenal. She's so good. I couldn't believe how good she is. Like the mannerisms, the way she holds her body, is incredible. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Which is like, 
Yeah, and it's interesting, too, I think, watching this, because this is the stuff, obviously, that I remember, like, from being a kid and seeing yeah. stuff in the news and reading about and seeing in magazines or whatever, right? And so, like, these are this is starting to be, like, the interesting stuff mm-hmm. um, that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. And, like, it's kind of, it's interesting to see someone else's take on it and, like, the, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just, oh, I don't know. Like, every, everybody, I like you said before, I have much less sympathy for Diana as well. Yeah. Than I and thought I would. Especially because I think we were extremely sympathetic to her last season. Mm-hmm. Like, you really saw her struggle with her bulimia and with the stress and the pressure and with her, like, her with trying and doing everything she possibly could or knew how to do in order to make it right and here it's it's totally the opposite spectrum where it's just like blowing things up to blow things up and i felt mm-hmm. like a lot of her actions that we've seen were pretty careless when she's trying to justify them with well it's all for william and harry it's all for william and harry and i'm like actually this is just about you Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, like, yeah, she's uh. Again, it's a fictionalized version of like real life yes. stuff, but I also think yes. that the real life stuff that we saw was like, you know, as much as as much as the information as there was out, so much was speculation that we don't actually know. Yeah, totally. Right, and I feel like that's sort of the. That's sort of the. The thing, because I think in the next episode, I'm pretty sure is when they're going to separate, which makes sense just based on like the timeline I remember. Yeah. And like Charles specifically requested it in that episode too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, th- I feel like that's what's coming next. And then if I remember correctly, not long after they separated, there was like transcript of a phone call between him and Camilla. Oh, the tampon. From, like, years prior. Yeah, yeah. And so then that becomes... And it just, like, the whole thing was very, very messy. Which, like, gets me thinking a little bit about this. Is, like, if they had just let him marry Camilla in the first place. Which is what he wanted to do. Totally. And what he ended up getting to do, ultimately. Right? But if they had just, like, let that happen, how much of this just, like, wouldn't have ever been an issue? Like, no one's going to make a series about the crown without all of the scandal. Because the interesting part is this stuff in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Absolutely. Or also, if they would have just had conversations with Charles and Diana being like, this is a marriage of convenience only. Mm -hmm. Do not expect anything from me. I'm Mm -hmm. going to be with Camilla. You can be with whoever you want to be. Mm -hmm. On the inside. But in public? Just exactly what um, Philip says to her. Like, if they would have had those conversations at the start then I don't think this would be any issue whatsoever she would have been free to pursue her mm-hmm. charity work like all the things that she liked to do she could have done and just mm-hmm. you know pretended in public and I think that would have been fine but it's just how Charles is like so back and forth on it mm-hmm. is infuriating obviously yeah, I yeah. don't know how that would happen, and you'd want to like have children with this person, but like well, because terms... you'd have to, because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have the choice not to, right? 
Exactly. But in terms of, like, going into it knowing exactly what's required of you. Yes. Huge. Huge difference, right? Yeah. And and I think also, like, just, you know, looking back at it, I think it's easy for us to be like, oh, they should have done this and this and this and how different mm-hmm. things would have been. But also, I mean, when Charles and Diana got married in whatever year that was, 1980, um, you know, when they got married, like, the Queen had by then had been married for, like, however long. Um, you know, like, there was no... Ex- the, the, and Charles is the heir to the throne and all this kind of stuff. Like, of course that he was going to be married. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think that it was... They ever thought it was going to be a problem in the way that it became a problem. But, I mean, Charles the one who made it a problem. Well, of course. That's what I mean. Like, if he would have just, you know, had those conversations with her and been yeah. like, this is what this needs to be. Yes. Then, like, it would have been fine. Yeah. Not it would have been fine, but, like, you could have prevented a lot of this. And he's like, oh, Diana's insistent upon it. It's like, um, I think you're the fucking one who's insistent upon being an adulterer. So, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what options you've given her. Well, yeah, and she, yeah, and she's trapped. She's still trapped. Like, that's the thing. She's totally trapped, yeah. Because she's, what, 13 years younger than him? minimum yeah something like that right and so she's still like their kids aren't that old when this season starts Mm-mm. right like the kids aren't that old and so like she's still quite young mm-hmm. um when like she died she was 36 when she died yeah right and so this season starts in 1991 and she died in 1997 so she's like 30 yeah 1961 yeah, like, yeah. she's, like, 30 when this season starts. Like, she's not... And she's been thrust into this, like, public... Whatever. This public life, ultimately. And, like, yeah. She's never had this chance to, like, be an adult out of the public eye. Totally. It's absurd. And, like, and her own person and all these sorts of things. Like, of course, everything was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, everything is terrible. But that's what I mean. Like, they shoot themselves in the foot so many times Mm -hmm. that it's like, by now, how have you not figured this out? Mm -hmm. Which I feel like we've, (laughs) every time we talk about the ground, I think we say the same things over and over. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, and it's, it's so good and it's so interesting and it's so well made, but it's just, it's infuriating to watch these terrible people be terrible to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's never going to get any better. Totally. And knowing that they have the power to make it better, and yet they all make the wrong decisions every time. Yes. Yeah, and, like, it's it started off at the beginning, and I think now that we're getting into, like, the meat of, like, the Charles and Diana stuff, right, and, like, the end of the marriage and those sorts of things, the first couple seasons where there was obviously much more focus on Elizabeth and Philip and those sorts of things, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, her relationship with Margaret and, and stuff, I think that, like, it was different, because that's stuff that, like, without doing a bunch of research, I didn't know anything about, whereas here, like, this stuff, like I say, this is, like, within my... Yeah, it's so ubiquitous, right? Like Yeah, like it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, there's books, there's other movies, there's it's so it's so present in in the recent memory. Um but yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season to sort of see how it plays out because I assume 
if there's going to be a sixth season, I would imagine that we'll get either very close to, like, the death of Diana. Yeah, I think that they didn't want to go any further. Like, they're they're not going to do adult William and Harry is what I remember. Yeah, so it'll be, like, the death of Diana and then, you know, potentially... And maybe at some point they'll just, like, pull the the grandchildren, like, out of it and they don't need to be part of it and it'll just be, like, the adults. Yeah. Because, um, like, there's that period of time where, you know, they were in school, where William was in school and Harry was in the military that, like... Oh, we don't really need to. Those aren't important things. Yeah. Well, in and the... that's not necessarily relevant to the title of the show, which is The Crown, right? Right. Like, yeah. I highly recommend the Harry and Meghan documentary, though, because Harry talks a lot about this same stuff and the impact that it had on him as a child. And it was like... When I say it's whiplash to watch that and then The Crown. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine. It really is. Because the stuff that he's talking about from, like, a first person. Like, this is what happened to me and this is how I felt. And, like, this is what I went through. And then you watch The Crown and you're like, holy shit. The stuff that was told to him, Philip is literally telling Diana the exact same thing. Almost word to word. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In the television show. Like, it's really fucked up. I was like, that took me a while to process. I was like, oh, okay. This is a bit more legitimate maybe than people are comfortable with. But Well, because they have, because in the documentary, my understanding is they have, like, control, right? Like, yes. this is this is their, and this is one of the reasons. So I read something, somebody on Twitter was complaining, and I don't know, it's like somebody retweeted it, so I have no idea who had said the thing originally. But they were talking about how people are criticizing Megan and Harry for making this documentary because they were like, well, when they left the royal family, they said they wanted privacy. And that's not really what they said. What they said is they, like, wanted to be able, essentially, to control the information that was coming out about them. Yes. Which they weren't able to do inside the structure of the royal family. And it has nothing to do with privacy. Like, they understand that they're public figures and people are interested in their lives and, like, that sort of thing. And they continue to engage in a public way for their careers yes but they control how much of that engagement takes place yes in a way that like they're not able to do in that other context and i thought thought that was quite interesting because like what the crown is showing us is that there is no control you you can't control it yeah that like someone's going to find out your secret some it doesn't matter how hard you work yeah someone's going to know the thing that you don't want them to know totally or at least like the the people in that structure are woefully incompetent at controlling it. <laughs> yes. Or they're maliciously Yes. Right? Or they're maliciously not to, attempting or, not yeah. to to whatever, to serve whatever purpose. Like there's a whole yeah. bunch of things at play. And it's up to you to figure out somehow which of those things is happening. Because there's way too many agendas happening within that household. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a Hallmark Christmas movie. It is not. Um, no. It's just so, it's so grim. Yeah, it's very, very grim. Um, but again, so well made. Like, it's incredible TV. Oh, yeah, you can't stop watching. It's it's incredible television to watch. 
Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know if you have never watched the crown, you should watch it. I was telling some people at work about it. Um, cause of course I work mostly with men and they don't ever listen to me about television recommendations, but I will say I did tell them, I've been telling them for years to watch the last kingdom and somebody finally started and they were like, this show's really good. And I was like, I've been saying yeah. for years, literal years here. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Like, if people on the Milwaukee Bucks like it, I think uh, they'll yeah. like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, watch The Crown. It's entertaining. Uh, and take some of it with a grain of salt, because it's probably not all true. Um, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But I think there's a lot... I, I honestly believe there's a lot more truth to it than the royals would like us to believe. Yeah. I didn't and think I, that it was that accurate until I watched the Harry and Meghan thing, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. This, what you're talking about, was, like, the season wasn't out when you recorded this documentary a year ago. So, like, what the f- It was very weird synchronicity to me. Wow. Okay, well, I will uh, I will have to check it out. How many episodes is it, do you know? There's three out right now, and then they're weekly. I don't know how many, maybe eight or maybe ten. I don't okay. know. Okay, okay. I will, uh, that'll be something I'll check out, uh, maybe over Christmas. Um, Yeah. Look at us go for an hour and a half. I know. I was like, fuck, we're not going to have anything to talk about. I saw that movie three months ago, and then we did a whole half hour. Look at us go. We did. We did great. I'm, I'm proud of us. Um, so, yeah, it's mid-December. I don't know if anyone cares. Uh, December the 10th today. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that Christmas is in two weeks. Fuck me. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm done with this holiday nonsense. I'm done with this whole year. I just want it to be over. Yeah, we all need a fresh start. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been real real tough. Um, and like work has been fine, but also not fine. And I don't know how to explain it. It's just been like really hard. Yeah, you but well, you deserve your good long break that you're getting coming up. That's for sure. I'm very excited. We finish on the twenty third and go back on January the 9th, which is the Hell dream yeah. break. Yeah, that's the dream break. Um, because last year we finished on the seventeenth and went back on like the third, and I did not enjoy any of that. No, you power through right to the holiday, and then you get so much more rest time. Yeah, it's the best. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, also, uh, the other thing, I would just want to say one thing, because I've been watching all of the soccer. Um, this is all we've been doing at work, because uh, I've got a student teacher right now. A couple other people do, too, so like that's what we do in the mornings, is just watch soccer. It's amazing. Um, and uh, I watched the quarterfinal between England and France today, and very much enjoyed watching England uh, lose. <laughs> it was just very satisfying um yeah it was good it was very also really much enjoyed watching morocco win earlier today i thought that was great too um very satisfying to see that mm-hmm. happen uh especially like fuck portugal forever so yeah it was good uh, very very entertaining and i'm really excited that the world cup uh is going to be in canada in the u.s and mexico in 2026 because i think canada being in the world cup this year legitimizes them hosting in yeah totally totally and in a twist that I never saw coming, uh, guess whose father has watched basically every World Cup match? No. Yes. Not just Canada's. No, no. Almost all of them. Like, this morning he texted me at half uh, in the Morocco-Portugal game wanting to know if I was watching. And I was like, actually, yes, I'm lying in bed watching on my iPad. Uh, and then when France, like, went up 1-0 in their game uh, at noon, he, like, texted, you know, and I was like, my dad watching soccer look at that 
Look at him go. Yeah. Character development right there. A hundred percent and loving every minute of it. It's been good. And I feel like that is the lasting impact of this like Canadian men's team doing good things. Yeah. You're is a bit that more engaged into it. Yeah. Paying attention. Um, but yeah, so no, it's uh we'll record something maybe over my holiday. Yeah, we can we probably should have do that. Some, we should probably have some time. I mean, I'll have all the time in the world, <laughs> but uh, we'll try and do something. And maybe one of these days we'll like watch a movie and do a commentary because that'll be super fun. Yeah, we'll just have to find. Oh my God, Lady Chatterley's Lover. Can you? Remember? Oh my God, shit! We hundred percent. We totally shit. <laughs> have Kate. Have you ever read the book? Yes, of course. Okay, good because I was talking to some people who hadn't read the book and they were like, "I did not expect this period piece to be so steamy." I'm like, "It was the subject of an obscenity trial." Yeah. Of course, it had, like, four-letter words in it before four-letter words were, like, popular, you know? Totally. And, like, oh, and I think if I remember, didn't he have to, like, publish it, like, surreptitiously, like, in Italy or something in order to actually get it published? Like, he published it at his own cost in order yeah. to actually get it printed, something like that? There's a lot. There's a lot that went on. Yeah. And, like, the obscenity trial that it was, it was, like, in the late 50s or early 60s. Like, this was not a long time ago. No, it wasn't. But that's yeah. also like, you know, a Hollywood code of morals time as well, right? Like yes. there's Yeah. That's true. This um, is yeah. we could do a whole episode just about this, Megan. I said it as a goof, but we're clearly gonna have to do this now. We're gonna have to do it. and the nice thing on Netflix is they I still think you can do the Netflix party thing where you can watch at the same time. <gasps> oh I'm my pretty God. sure. Yeah, so oh if, if okay. can, it, I think you have to watch it on a computer in order to do it, but I, but yes, you can watch it at the same time, so then you're not having to like worry about syncing up or like whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. That okay, was a well, thing. We'll... That was a thing that happened uh, as a result of, of COVID. Yeah. Early COVID. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, yeah. we're gonna figure that out. We're for sure gonna do this then because yeah, it'll be it's great. Emma Corrin, is it not? Yeah, and I think what we should do when we do it is we should also plan uh, to drink while we're doing it. I feel like we'd, like, not, like, get, like, absolutely bummed, but I feel like that would make it infinitely more entertaining. <laughs> like, f- yeah. Fuck yeah, Megan. Fuck yeah. yeah. We're gonna oh, do this. Jack O'Connell is the other guy. Oh. Yeah. God, that's gonna be good. Yep. I said and, it as a goof, and look at us go. Yeah, we've, look at us making some plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we will get around to doing that one of these days. Um, you know, sometime soonish. But um, I don't know. Do you have anything else? No, I need to pee so badly, <laughs> Megan. Please okay. let me go. Well, in that case, uh, you can find us on the internet at a whole bunch of places. Uh, you can find our podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Google, no, not Google not, Play. And not Google Play, but you could if it was still a thing. Um, and also elsewhere on the internet, just look for a Garbage Fire podcast. Sometimes I remember to tweet things. Uh, the last thing I tweeted was a retweet of my Oilers rig tweet because my buddy Steve is going to crush a watermelon between his thighs. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> which For which there will be video. Friend of the podcast, Steve. So whenever that happens, I'll make sure that the, the video gets shared on our Twitter and maybe our Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, that's all. Um, as always, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.